This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and D. And now we have to go to all 52 and make a programme about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Good evening and welcome to Lincoln A to Z here on Siren 107.3 FM. And it's a very unique Lincoln A to Z this week um, as... Johnny and Paul have handed the reins over to me, Anthony Kafke. Uh Hello, you may have heard me on No Adults Allowed. Um, and they've done this. I'm not really sure why they've done this. I think it's to, to give the, the programme a new angle, or they just couldn't be bothered to do it. I'm not too sure. But I've been going around for the last couple of weeks, around the streets of Lincoln, uh, trying to make a radio programme. But before I go on, shall we find out which grid I got? My name's Jeremy Davis. Uh, I've lived in Lincoln for 15 years. I think it's a great place to be. Let's get down to the, uh, the nitty-gritty of picking the square. Don't look. Got to be random. It's P5. Yeah, that's right. P5, which means Ermine East. Um, I know what you're thinking. I thought the same, exactly the same, actually, as what you're thinking right now how am i going to make a radio program out of a housing estate well i found out much to my surprise that ermine east is far more than just a housing estate in lincoln uh some of the work that goes on there is absolutely incredible and i'm going to be sharing some of that with with you guys uh throughout the course of the next sort of hour and a half but before we go into what I found there, shall we listen to a little bit of history uh, from Joanne Hughes, who works at Lincolnshire Archives? The Ermine Estate, or just the Ermine, was obviously named after the London to York Roman Road, which cuts through the East and West Estates in the form of Home Road. It was begun in the 1950s, at a time when Lincoln was expanding and desperately needed to address the issue of housing. Other estates, like Hartsome, were built around the same time, but the Ermine was by far the largest and even today makes up 9% of the city's built environment. The wavy roads and crescents that wind through the area were built with the 1950s motorist in mind, the gentle bends intending to keep driver speeds down and to give them a good line of sight. There aren't too many entry and exit points to the estate either, another early traffic calming measure. Like the other new towns springing up around the country after the Second World War, like Milton Keynes and Welling Garden City, the development of the Ermine is testament to the needs of a new generation, where planning took into account mid-20th century requirements, offering various types of architecture for different residents. Public amenities like schools, shops and churches, all of them purpose-built. This was a world away from the rather piecemeal way in which Lincoln City had developed around its much smaller ancient hub. The old maps that we hold at the Lincolnshire Archives of the area show rectangular fields to have been here before the estate was built. These were the result of the early 19th century enclosure, 
when much larger, older common fields and wasteland, ploughed and grazed by generations of locals, were divvied up into smaller parcels by the landowners and turned to single crops or grazing for maximum productivity. Hang on, can I just clarify? When I say this land was grazed by the locals, I meant they grazed their livestock rather than actually got down on their hands. Yeah, yeah, you already got that, sorry. So to use the old cliché, I can remember when all this was fields, or rather the old maps tell me it was, with much of the 20th century housing springing up in parts of the city and its suburbs, the roads and plot boundaries of the new housing estates often followed the much older original field lines, hedgerows and footpaths. It seems, though, that the Ermines roads and housing plans almost completely erased any ancient lines. I say almost, there are some properties in our grid square which do seem to honour the pre-existing field systems, if you compare old and new maps, like some of the boundaries of Ermine infant and junior schools. One road which clearly follows a very ancient boundary just to the north of our grid square is, of course, the A46 bypass. This has been the city boundary for centuries, dividing the old parish of Lincoln St Nicholas with the fields of Riseholme Parish. So what with this ancient northern city limit, bounded on the west side by Ermine Street, now the A15, another Roman road on the east side, which was a possible extension of the Fossway, now taking holiday traffic out to the coast on the A158, with the heart of the old city to the south, today's grid square is a pocket of important 20th century planning, surrounded on all sides by the civil engineering remains of Lincoln's ancient city. Thank you very much to Joanna there to just giving us a little bit of the history of how the how the ermine came to be. Um, now, I I came to to this program with with some you know opinions on the ermine. Uh, at times, it doesn't really have the best reputation in the in the local area. However, what I found there and some of the work that's been done in the ermine to try and change people's perceptions and the way of life of some of the people who are living in the estate is absolutely incredible. I wanted to find out more about this, so I went to probably the most, from the outside, bizarre-looking church I have ever seen in my life. Um, you you wouldn't you'd be able to mistake it for an aircraft hangar or something like that so it's called saint john the baptist uh parish church and it's on uh on subbrook drive in ermine east right at the heart of the community i spoke to the parish priest there stephen hoy um about the church and i asked him to give me a little bit of the history of St John the Baptist. Well St John's is 51 years old. We had our 50th anniversary last year and we had a whole year of celebrations uh, right throughout the, the year, a wonderful year for us. Um, this, this building is, is an astonishing place. From the outside it doesn't look that prepossessing, it looks a bit like an aircraft hangar. But when you come in and you're hit with this enormous range of colour from the stained glass, beautiful sense of space and light, it's absolutely astonishing. It's grade two star listed, and if you think of the cathedral is grade one, we're the next grade down. So it's a, a building that's treasured nationally and very important nationally as well. And last year there was a competition to find the uh, ten top um, 
churches built in the country since 1950. We didn't make it to the top 10, but we're in the shortlist of the top 25, which was really thrilling for us. And we, we were saying on our walk into the church um, that for the location of such an incredible building as well, we're right in the heart of, of, of a housing estate. How important do you think that is to the community of Ermine East? Well, it's an iconic building. People know it as the Pringle Church because outside it looks like a Pringle. And in fact, we did write to um, Kellogg's who do Pringles a couple of years ago asking if they'd like to do any sponsorship um, with us. And we're going to have to stop because there's some people coming in. It's Tori, actually. Can we just bear, bear with me yeah, a second? So we, we've just uh, uh, moved rooms uh, as one of the, the local choirs is, is setting up. Um, so we moved rooms, but we were just talking about how um, having a building as iconic as, as this one within a community like Ermine East is and how important that is uh, to the people. Well, it's important because when the church was first um, built, it was conceived by the community. Uh, originally, the church was in the, what is now the church hall, dual-purpose building back in the 1950s, but they soon dis felt as this new community coming together as the estate was being built, that they wanted something distinctive as their parish church. And so this came out of a community will. They had no money. They did everything on faith and begging people to do things free for them. So what they were looking to do was to create a church which would be a template for how churches were going to develop in, in, in the future. But the big thing about this place is it was built by the community. The community raised the money for it. The community, even on the day it was uh, consecrated, was still building things in it. So all the pews in the church were made by members of the congregation. There was about 10 tons of um, rubble and things that the congregation moved. And that's been the same right throughout its history. It's very much community-based church, one that is fitted in this community and is recognised by the community as something which is distinctively theirs. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. I've been talking to Father Stephen Hoy of St John Baptist Parish Church um, and we, we've been talking a little bit before that song about the impact it has on the community and a little bit about the history. I wanted to find out a little bit more about what the church actually does within the community. So let's find out. Now, we'll remember oh, four or five years ago, some of the year fives and year sixes from the local school were doing a project on tourism. They'd gone and spent some time at Edale, and then they had to look at what there was in their local community that tourists might uh, connect with. And about the same time, we were awarded a Tourist Church of the Year Award, a local award in the diocese. And so we're able to go and say, yeah, we've got a tourist attraction on this state, and it's your parish church. That's uh, fantastic. And do you think that that's something that is is missing now within churches um, across the country? Uh, obviously, in recent years, um, people have said that there isn't that same sort of Christian spirit that used to be there. Mm. Um, but it sounds like Ermine East has still captured that. 
Well, we, what we try to do is to be part of the community in, in an open, friendly way. Um, as parish priest, I get involved with all sorts of community projects. So I'm on the neighbourhood management board. Uh, I've been chair of the um, school governors. I'm on the academy trust. We work with all the old people's homes. We work with the women's refuge, which is on the estate. So anything that's going on in the community, we'll say, well, if we can be involved with it, we will. And the church building itself is also open. So we have the local police uh, neighbourhood panel meets here every quarter. And a group from the Women's Refuge come and meet here every Monday. So we try to ensure that anything we do is open to the community so that we're joining with what's happening in the community, but the community can make the most of this building as it is. And you also have involvement, um, doing my research earlier, within the uh, community centre as well, don't you? Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, my East Community Centre and, and what it does? Well, the community centre just down the road, Subbrook Drive Community Centre, um, it's, it's one of these buildings which has been quite frustrating over the years because it's um, been a set of rooms for hire. But one of the exciting things now is that the Lincolnshire Sports Partnership are looking to take the building over, do a lot of work on the building, hope to spend uh, a substantial amount of money renovating the building and making sure that not only is it a sports hub for the um, county, but also it's engaging local people in sport, which is really important. One of the great things about Ermine is we've got some wonderful green spaces. So there's lots of opportunities for things to, to go on. It just needs people to come in and say, well, let's, let's have a vision for this. I, as a church, that's what we've been trying to do for quite some time. And um, typically we have uh, Family Fun Day. Um, which we put on last year for the first time as part of our 50th anniversary and repeated again this year. And that was great because we have bouncy castles, um, we have meerkats, snakes, uh, and we invite local community groups in to have a, a table for a community sale free of charge. So people are uh, raising money for their own um, causes or their own projects and we're providing context for that to happen in. And how important do you think that is, particularly in communities like Ermine East, to have uh, centres for, for people to go and people to, to come together? It's absolutely crucial. If you look at a lot of new estates that are being built now, what they lack is a heart, somewhere where people can gather, either for their own private parties or whatever, or to set up a community group, or a dance group or whatever. And those are what provides the heartbeat in any community really. And I think it's really important that we have those resources available which people can use. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM, P5. We're back on A to Z and we've been talking to Father Stephen Hoy about the the church that he represents, St John the Baptist Parish Church in Ermine East, and about some of the work that it does within the community. And to me, being at that church, seeing the work that they have been doing, um, it, it felt to me like they had captured a real community spirit within the Ermine. Um, I wanted to, to get uh, Father Stephen Hoyt's um, it's sort of opinions on on that and whether there is a, a big community spirit on the airmine. 
To an extent. Um, I've been here for 16 years, so I've seen it uh, over quite a significant uh, period of, of time. And one of the big problems that we have on the ermine is that there's never been any significant funding put onto the estate for community development. So if we look at St Giles or Birchwood or Monks Road, what you see is a lot of public money going in there, quite rightly, to support community initiatives. Now, we've never had that on the ermine. So the sports partnership um, potential input is, is highly, highly significant um, for the estate. If you go back about 20 years, there was, for example, a, a marching band, a, a local football club, there was a gala day on the field. Now, key people within that moved away or, or died, and that hasn't happened for quite some time. So it's quite interesting when we put on our family fun day, for example, or we put on um, an open day, we've got one in um, a couple of weeks' time on September the 13th, which is going to be a World War I commemoration exhibition. We do get people coming and say, we want more of this on, on the estate. Uh, and we do what we can, but the, the key is a sustained long-term um, investment in the estate so that people can have confidence that what is offered is going to still be there in five, six, seven, eight, ten years' time. And you, you said that you've been here for 16 years mm. and you live locally as well, don't you? I live next door, um, yeah. So what could you tell us a little bit about the changes that you've seen over those 16 years and um, summarise what you think is perhaps better or, or worse about where you live now? Well, it's a great place to live. I mean, as I said earlier, one of the great things, we have a lot of green spaces, so it, it feels an open sort of community um, to live in. I mean, the time I've been here, yes, there have been changes. Uh, I well remember when we first moved in um, 1998, um, the fish van coming round, selling fish from the back of the van, the rag and bone man regularly round. You don't get that so much. Those things have moved on. Um, we have more students on the estate. We have more ethnic diversity on the estate, which is, is, is fantastic. And it, it's lovely to see those um, communities beginning to integrate um, locally. Outwardly, the, the estate hasn't changed very much. There have been a few significant things. So the um, two schools, the infant and junior school, have, have combined and the old infant school building has been um, taken down. And of course, we've got all the new development at the back of Waitrose around Searby Road and, of course, some new development happening just down the end of Nettland Road, which will still be part of, of the ermine. So what I experience is a community that's great to live in, people who are very open and friendly, people often have huge amounts of personal problems but are, are willing to give it a go, and, and that for me is tremendous. Lincoln A to Z. I'm Anthony Kafferke, and today we are talking Ermine East and some of the incredible work that the church does there, St John the Baptist Parish Church. I highly recommend you go and see what they do there and just look at the incredible building outside it looks like some form of aircraft hangar slash Pringle or something like that. And from the inside, it is the most incredible uh, church that I think I've ever been to. Um, and as Father Stephen Hoy was saying, it is 
one grade down from Lincoln Cathedral. Um, so absolutely incredible. Um, so in traditional uh, Lincoln A to Z fashion, um, you've heard some of my views on Ermine East. You've heard uh, some of Father Stephen Hoy's views on Ermine East. I think it's now time to get the the regular wordsmith uh, for Lincoln A to Z, uh, Treff, to to give us his perspective on it. P5, Ermine East. A bit like Lincoln itself, it's a little off the beaten track, is Ermine East. It's somewhere you specifically need to be going to. You don't really just pass through it. Okay, I, I know you pass through Lincoln en route to Skegness, but that's almost like saying hardly anybody does, except for the odd caravan. Many of you I know will be poring over your A to Zs while listening to these programmes. Well, Ermine East is at P5, middle-ish and just below the top, just below the bypass. The bypass marks the boundary, really. Once they've built on that land near Waitrose, that'll be it. The little enclave of Ermine East will have a frozen footprint. No different to most other grids, in fact. Now that I know you're looking at your A to Zs, we can look at Ermine East together. P5 has a com, comma, sen, full stop, rec, grut, and an Ermine jinner, just below it. There's also a pav in the corner of the com, sen, rec, grut. One assumes this is the pavilion for the common central recreation ground. Feels like the planners were busy when they designed Ermine East. Fair play to them. Looks like a good amenity for the community. Somewhere for the kids to go and play. For dog walkers to exercise their pets. Always remembering to take a plastic bag with them to remove the doggy doodars once Little Rover has done his business. I'll leave the rest of this piece to your imagination. Seen as you have the map out and all. If you need help, shut their eyes and let your mind run wild. Ermine East, P5. Fantastic. Thank you very much there to uh, to Treff, who's the usual uh, poet wordsmith for Lincoln A to Z. Um, so we found out a little bit about what the church is doing. And if you remember, during the, the first part of the interview with Father Stephen Hoy, um, we got interrupted by a choir coming to set up. Uh, I wanted to find out a little bit more about this choir. So I found out they were called Ermine Voices, which is a community choir. Um, so I spoke to their director, Tori Longdon, um, who has an incredible career with within music um, across the country. So I started by asking her to, to tell me a little bit about her career. Well, I'm a choral conductor, uh, so I spend my entire life working with choirs, um, and I'm currently studying for a master's degree in choral conducting at the Royal Academy of Music in London. Uh, so I've um, got a couple of groups. I direct a professional chamber choir, um, and I work um, part-time for the National Youth Choirs of Great Britain, and National Youth Choir of Ireland, and the National Youth Choir of Poland. Wow, so you're very, very busy I have my moments. I think probably members of the choir will be rolling their eyes at this point. Um, <laughs> yes, I have been known to be busy. Brilliant. Um, so you're now the director of Ermine Voices. Can you tell us a little bit about Ermine Voices and sort of what it's aiming to do? Yeah, well, the community choir was started about 18 months ago now um, as a social, a social thing for the Ermine estate, really. Um, the estate, because of its geography, it doesn't really have a, a central hub. 
it doesn't have a, a big community centre, any significant shops to speak of. Uh, and so you tend to find that people who live on the Ermine don't really know any other people who also live there, unless they sort of know their next-door neighbours or something. Um, and we thought that that lack of community was something we try and change with music. Uh, so we set up the community choir as a place that people could come, you know, a safe place where they're not going to worry about being judged. Uh, and if they want to sing, they can sing. And if they want to just listen, then they can listen, um, meet other people and, and start to make some social connections. And so the choir has grown from, um, from when it started to about 35 people now. Uh, and we, we've now, we're starting back in two weeks' time on the 12th of September. Uh, and we've got one gig booked in every month up till Christmas. So we're now really, really busy uh, performing around the Ermine Estates, around Lincoln. Uh, and this summer we even took the entire choir down to London on a coach. Um, to perform at the Young Vic in the centre of London on the South Bank uh, as part of a, a show, as part of their main season there. So we really are trying to um, rev up the opportunities for people who want to come and sing with us. Oh, speaking to uh, Father Stephen yesterday, um, he, he was saying that many of the people on the Ermine estate haven't even left Ermine, let alone gone to London or any anything like that. How important do you think this choir is to the community? Well, it's funny because how, uh, people ask that question of community projects all the time. You know, how important do you think it really is to the, the residents? Um, and I've got to say that when I started with this choir a year ago, I don't think I really grasped the magnitude of it at all. Um, and, you know, I thought I would be helping to provide some sort of light entertainment. Um, and then I started getting stories in over the past few months of people saying, yeah, I've, I've, I've stopped my antidepressant meds. I've, um, I've got back in touch with my sister for the first time in 10 years. I've um, uh, started up um, going around to so-and-so's house for weekly coffee meetings, and I've never done that. Um, and, and most recently, one of our members... Um, We've actually managed to find her a job. She's been on the dole for eight years. And, and through contacts with the choir, she's found her first job in eight years. And she's now starting to um, pay back her, her bankruptcy fees and, um, and, and start to set up her life and, and provide for her two children. And this, this kind of stuff just absolutely floored me, to be honest, because you don't think that just providing human connections for somebody is going to have such a knock-on effect. Absolutely fantastic stories uh, there from uh, Tori Longdon, who's the director of Ermine Voices Community Choir, um, which is actually based at the at St John the Baptist Parish Church. Um, and the, the harsh reality is that, like many housing estates across the country and in Lincoln, that the Ermine has troubles and there's a lot of unemployment there, there's a lot of um, drug use and there's a lot of very vulnerable people there. And we'll be catching up with uh, Tori again in the programme, um, but just that one story uh, makes you realise what a difference a, you know, just a choir can make to to a community that that perhaps needs a little bit of help. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. 
we've just been talking to Tori Longdon about the work that the community choir there, Ermine Voices, does to to help the community and and sort of benefit it. Um, but we used community choir quite a lot. I wanted to know what is a community choir and what the what the difference is between your more traditional choirs. So I began the second part of our conversation uh, by asking that question. There's absolutely no difference. Um, community choir is a, a, a term with interesting connotations. Um, I personally, I don't like the word community choir um, because it, people who are singing for, say, a choral society or something tend to look down on community choirs in inverted commas because what they actually hear is a lower standard. You know, they, they think, when they think of a community choir, they think of a choir that's at a lower standard than, say, a choral society. And that's not the case at all. You get choirs that call themselves choral societies um, that, in fact, are, are not producing anything of particular artistic value, and you get community choirs who are doing the most incredible, producing the most incredible sounds imaginable. Um, but there's this strange um, prejudice set up around community choirs. Uh, and part of the thing that Ermine Voices is, is setting out to do is to knock that prejudice over, to say, you know, we're a group of people who are amateurs, just like just like any other traditional choir that sings. Um, but because we're so committed, because we're, we work hard and we're so passionate about what we do, we produce a sound that, that's absolutely enviable to any other choir around. There's no reason why a community choir should come with those negative connotations. Where do you see um, Ermine Voices going? Um, obviously, it's going from strength to strength. What's next? <laughs> we want to grow. Um, we have set up in the last year, since January actually, so eight months, um, we've set up a whole outreach project, which we've called Ermine Music, to keep it under the same brand, under the same umbrella. Um, and our aim there is to improve the access of all the residents within the Ermine estate to music. So we're, we've been working over the last eight months with um, special needs, um, doing a series of, of Makaton workshops. We've been working with early years. We've been working with schools. And, we, and most recently, in fact, we, we finished yesterday um, doing a series of eight care home workshops in residential and sheltered accommodation around the Ermine estate. So we've hit every single care home on the Ermine estate. Um, not physically hit, um, sort of giving music workshops to uh, every uh, every care home on the Ermine estate. Um, because we feel like the community choir, while it's fantastic, is actually reaching quite a small um, a small sector of, of the community. And while we want it to grow and we want anybody who's got an interest in singing to come along and join us to help us make it bigger and better and more exciting so we can go and do more things and have more fun, we also want to make sure we're reaching those people who can't come and join the choir because maybe they can't get out. Maybe they um, have too many responsibilities. Maybe they're carers. Um, and, and joining the choir and coming to regular Friday evening rehearsals is, is not something they can do. We don't want them to be left out. So that's what my music's been set up to be. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. So we've been speaking to Tori Longdon, the director of Ermine Voices Choir in Ermine East. 
and we've been talking about the effect that the choir has on the community, how it helps and how it helps to to develop the community. It's also started doing a lot of work with young people. So I've been talking to Tori about what they're what they've set up now to help young people on the Ermine estate. We are um, very, very excited that we've just agreed a partnership with the National Youth Choirs of Great Britain, which is the biggest choral organisation in the UK. And on the 11th of October, we are getting um, one of the directors of the National Youth Choir to the Mile Cross Centre, um, which is just a couple of miles out from the Ermine estate, to come and run a singing day for kids for the ermine absolutely free um so hopefully that's going to be the start of a bigger partnership um where children from sort of underprivileged backgrounds who maybe don't have choral singing of some kind as part of their as part of their education to have access to the highest quality of, of singing for use in the country now obviously you you hope that that that's going to get a, a big response but how how difficult is it going to be, particularly, like you said, kids um, who aren't as privileged or, or something like that that you would traditionally find in, in choral societies and stuff? Um, how difficult do you think it's going to be to get them to stop hanging on, around on the street corner with their friends and to come and sing? That's a very good question. We're not trying to um, change behavioural patterns. Or, or imply that what they're already doing is somehow, you know, um, uncultured or wrong or anything like that. We just want to give them more opportunities. You know, if they've not had the chance to try something new, perhaps they're not going to realise whether they'll enjoy it or not. Um, our outreach programme is going mainly through schools, um, and so we're hoping to include the, um, the National Youth Choir involvement as an, as an extension of the curriculum. Um, now, what this is is not expected to to build Rome overnight, uh, but it's just going to give them a little taste of something different, of something new. And maybe if one percent or 0.5 percent of the kids that um, that we touch decide that they like it, then that's a success for us. And you said that in two weeks' time, um, the the choir gets back together and and you start rehearsing and things again. Um, so yeah. for anybody listening, could you let us know how to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. You can email erminevoices at gmail.com, or if you don't do email, you can turn up on Friday the 12th of September to St John the Baptist Parish Church at 6 o'clock. And the rehearsals go from 6 till 7.30 every week. Um, it's not compulsory for you to attend all the rehearsals, but normally if people are working towards a performance, they'll, uh, they'll juggle some things around so they get enough practice. But we're very laid back, uh, and the ultimate aim is to have fun. You don't need to read music. You don't need to particularly know how to sing. Um, you just have to enjoy singing and coming together. Lincoln A to Z, P5. We are almost out of time, um, but this, to me, has been a very eye-opening experience um, I, I think a lot of local people have a, a particular perception of the Ermine Estate and what it's like, um, but some of the work go, that goes on there to to try and help the the problems that that are there, um, they don't hide from those problems, uh, but they they 
they do work to to try and make sure that people have a have a decent way of life there they're underfunded and um and it, it's hard work but the the commitment that i've seen while doing this program has been absolutely fantastic um and doing this program has has been a real challenge for me but it's one that when i seen paul the other day while i was putting the program together i told him that i hate him and i hate his program but actually uh it's been a really eye-opening experience for me to do this program so i would like to thank johnny and paul for trusting me with one of their grids i hope that i've done them justice um the normal show will resume uh next week so you'll be able to look forward to hearing johnny and paul um bring you whatever grid the public has chose for them this week so thank you very much for listening i've been anthony kafki and i hope you've enjoyed the program (laughs) 